0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Hidden Gems. I'm Richard Murray, and today I am joined by UMA's own head of channels, David Beagle. Today we're going to talk about why UMA is not just another UC provider. They do some unique things, have some unique areas and focus. So welcome in. Let's sit down together and discover why UMA is truly a Talaris Hidden Gem. David, welcome to this segment of Hidden Gems. Thanks for joining me today.
1: Thanks, Rich. I really appreciate this opportunity.
0: Look, I I, I want to start off. Give give me some uh, explanation. Of this you got this awesome Led Zeppelin shirt on. What's what's that about?
1: Listen, I, I got to tell you, it's it's a little bit about rock and roll, right? And it's also listen. You got you got you got note. I'm also wearing a hoodie. And the reason why I'm wearing a hoodie and a rock and roll shirt is it really says who we are as kind of a culture. We're we're all about being in the in, in the street right blue collar um a lot of the businesses that we work with that we serve the best are b2c oriented right so they're they're out there if you think of like um retail or auto body shops or you know small organizations but might be distributed main street america that's really what uma has been servicing for years and it really is kind of our identity so i didn't want to get you know people who know me and know that I ha- you know know how long i've been around i usually don't have a beard this is a COVID beard I usually might wear a jacket, I might wear a nice dress shirt because I live in New York City as part of the thing. But this, I think it was important I wore the hoodie in the the, the rocker shirt.
0: Well, look, I love it. It does help set you guys apart and why you're different. And that's why we're here today. So look, you mentioned uh, in that comment that you've been doing this for years. Uma's been around since 2003. And I I didn't know that until I was prepping for this a little Mm -hmm. bit. You guys have been around a long time, but you're relatively new to the channel. Why are you a name that our partners don't know as well?
1: I actually think your partners know UMA, but they know them in a, a different context than in the channel. And so UMA had been around, has been around since 2003. And we started off our genesis as an organization in, in really being a residential voice provider. And what we did is we grew our base of clients that we've been servicing. And, and we, we recognized a few things when we were delivering residential voice. And that was the buyer, the procurer is somebody who's not technically minded. And so if we were going to do this on a massive scale, we had to deliver a service that was in essence, plug and play. We took a lot of that same creed, that same DNA, and we, and we transitioned that to more of a, a business to business play, right? And, and, and so then we started delivering these small services or these services to small businesses uh, with the same kind of idea, right? You can, you can make this a very transactional and easy to deploy solution. You just have to have the right tools and you have to have the right process and the right mentality frankly and it's got to be stable and reliable and so we went into the b2b market and we've been doing that uh i mean geez from 2008 till about 2000 well until now but in 2013-14 we did create a small partner community it just wasn't an official channel if you will in the way that we know it in the context of, of ucas um i came aboard about two years ago uh, actually a year and a half ago with the concept and idea of how do we expand our partner base through channels, through agent channels, through MSP channels, uh, VAR channels, um, we even have a private label practice that we have uh, more on the side. Um, but the concept here is again, we, we just, if we deliver these services and really keep our promises that we make to our customers, by that nature, we take care of the partners. And we know uh, just from the context of what's going on in the, in the partner community, there's a lot of providers that fail on their promises. And so if we keep things simple and we do it the UMA way, and again, it's it's, it's about being blue collar and, and just being very focused on that, you know, hyper-focused on the service and the support, all of it will materialize, all of it will work out. But um, yeah, listen, the other thing a lot of people don't realize is we're a publicly traded company. So, you know, we've been on, we've been on the market in the New York Stock Exchange since 2015 and we're cash flow positive. Cash flow positive over the last few quarters. So, I- hopefully, that kind of c- captures a little bit of that.
0: Yeah, it it, it does. And, and look, I, I know, you know, I st- our partners are definitely getting to know you guys because you guys have certainly done some things to help help you uh, stand out. Uh, that said, I, I wanted to come back to the fact that our partners certainly know you, right? You you've got a long background in the channel. And and you've been a strong advocate for the channel. So now that you you're at Uma and, and you're heading this up, what's kind of your channel strategy in the way that you're really trying to approach uh, how you work with our partners?
1: These are fun. I mean, really, it's foundational things: um, transparency, credibility, integrity, uh, simplicity. Uh, you want to be very easy to engage with. And I know a lot of programs. We all say that you know a lot of channel chiefs and a lot of us in the in the, in the in the space, we, a lot of times we talk about a lot of the same things. It's more about the the um, sincerity of it, I guess, if you will. And so I try to bring a little bit of that to the, to the programs that we run and that we develop um, with the teams that I, uh, I develop and the, and the people I hire. A lot of it has to do with internal communications as, as much as anything. As much as I can externally communicate to our partners and what we're trying to do, I have to internally advocate for the benefits of a channel, right? And so... Uh, you know, what I would tell you is that when I look at the agent community as a whole, I see uh, a, a wide, wide um, range of products and services. And so why would you ever look at an UMA? And so my my challenge has always been, how do I break through the noise of 30, 40 other UCAS providers? and um, especially in a, in a portfolio like tolaris And the only way I can do that is through what I call experience-based differentiators. Experience-based is the key there, You have to actually engage with us to actually learn whether or not we're worth engaging with. We have a lot of the same feature functionalities as anybody else. So when you really hone in on what those differentiators are, it, it is service, right? It is, it is credibility and a candor. It is about having financial stability in the organization so that you can build a trustful engagement with. Um, but when you talk about just features and functionalities, you know, I, I'm not going to try to, as Uma and where, where our focus is, I'm not going to be able to keep up with like a ring or an eight because they're very good at, at the collaboration aspects. Our clients don't use all of the collaborative collaboration tools out there because our B2C focus, they're actually transacting a lot with their clients. And so, and, and, and we fit really well in that distributed environment, in the, in, in the small business, mid-sized business, by the way, very large ones too, I'll talk about that in a moment. Um, it is more about the way they transact with their customers. So we've seen, in fact, one of the deals we've closed with a Tolaris agent just last month was a 786-seat opportunity. But that client, really, all they wanted to do is they wanted to have a very, very strong feature set you know, about business phone service. Not so much UCAS, but business phone service. And they really wanted it in a way that was easy to administer, having all of the tools available to them to self-administer it, as if as if we're the provider we're doing. And so we've, we've gained them all of that stuff. So from a from a standpoint of what I'm trying to cut through the noise with, it is about rock and roll. It's about blue collar, it's about B2C, but it also is about actually the sincerity and the integrity. I haven't, I, I Rich you're right, I've been in the space, I've been in UCAS since 2003, frankly. Uh, so it's been a very long, tenured road, um, but I've been in the channel uh, for about 15 years, and, I, and I've run a couple other channel uh, uh, departments and organizations, actually, a channel speaking so in a couple other places. I don't go any place that I don't feel that the senior leadership, the executive leadership isn't committed to making the channel work, right? And so um, as long as my executive team has my back, then I have the back of the partners, and that's really what they're always looking for. So we'll, we'll, you know I'm methodical about how we approach things. I like to think of myself, or, or, you know, what we're trying to do is kind of the steady-eddy approach to uh, to the channel and the growth. I've seen a lot of organizations jump in the channel. They spend a lot of money really fast. And everybody's like, I didn't get the return. And so then they decide, you know what, we're just, it's not worth it. We're not going to do it. So I'm taking a very methodical approach in our growth. I'm not hiring 30, 40 channel managers. I'm hiring a handful that can cover the region so that we can actually grow methodically, strategically, and with a sense of Profit and the reason why that's important in today's economics, the the the, the race to revenue has become more of the race to, to more, uh, race to profitability, right? And so it's important that we stay profitable so that we have the long game in mind, and that we can be around so that we are continuing to deliver that promise on the customer. So it all kind of goes hand in hand.
0: I I do want to highlight there there are a lot of great points there. I do want to highlight kind of what you talked about of a little bit of a niche of in the technology is you're, you're really focused on, on the voice side of it and less concerned about the collaboration, right? And, and, and that focus allows you guys to be uh, very successful at this is where we play really, really well and the rest of this doesn't need to cloud.
1: Yeah, it, it, a perfect example is this race right now for uh, teams. Uh, Microsoft Teams, I mean, you know, we're talking a billion dollar corporation that is, that is basically inherently taking what's already on the desktop and enabling uh, users to use it. I mean, people are adopting it rapidly. And so we just released our direct routing for Teams Um, and our core focus on the direct routing for Teams is just to make it extremely price aggressive because at the core of it all, they just want to voice enable their Teams environment and leverage that tool and maybe maybe provide some ancillary services where Microsoft isn't as good at. But listen, the amount of money they're investing in, the amount of improvements they make on a on an almost monthly basis, it would be crazy for us to even try to compete with that. So rather than try to compete with it, let's partner with it. Let's 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 voice enable it. Give them that reliability and availability of the voice network, so that they have good quality, and and tap into that and tap into that whole thing. So, and
0: and to be real, your competitors. They may have Teams integrations, but it competes with their own collaboration tools. So your incentive is to make Teams as good as it possibly can be. That may not be the case for your competitors. And I do think that is, is something that has you guys stand out.
1: And, it's, and again, it allows me to tailor my R&D dollars in the appropriate places. It, ta- it allows me to tailor my operational dollars in the appropriate places so that we can provide a good level of support and, and, and foundational experience.
0: So, look, I, I tease sure. uh, what, you, you and I have talked about this before. A lot of the suppliers say, hey, we can do everything. We're good at every vertical. Um, and, and look, for some, that may be the case. But I, I think that focus always really drives uh, success. Are there some verticals that y- you guys really find success in?
1: Yeah, we have a couple that we have just, I mean, just inherently because of the service, we have found that it's it's been an awesome fit. And so hospitality has been a huge one for us lately. And primarily because through some acquisitions we made, we actually, as part of our UMA Enterprise solution, I believe, uh, the UMA Enterprise solution allows me to provide SIP trunks, um, some other connectivity options, along with the UCAS platform. But we've taken a lot of the SIP elements to provide a focus on hospitality where we are actually deploying uh, not only SIP, um, but we can do front end on the cloud uh, uh, for the main portion and repurpose all of the infrastructure in the phones within the rooms because the rooms for hospitality, and by the way, this could be senior leaving, uh, living uh, homes, et, et cetera. Um, but those phones are not revenue drivers, they're cost centers, right? And so nobody wants to invest there, um, especially in the boutique hotels or, or, or you know, really think about how many motels out there right now that are, have aging systems. And so we are finding a, a real strong uh, growth in that market. Retail franchise, think of franchise, right? You know, again, you have small offices but in a widely distributed environment, um, that's another one, uh, it could be restaurants. Um, I, I said auto body shops or, or auto, you know, auto oriented uh, organizations, we do a lot of those. Um, Shared office suites is actually one that's been very interesting for us as well. Um, we've been a very, we've gained a lot of steam in the shared office suite, not because they're in a disparate environment, but because internally they're a disparate environment, right? Each, each tenant is their own business. And, um, and, and we've, done, uh, we've done very well in that market. Our largest, uh, if you look at UMA enterprise by, by its nature, our largest client is well over 20,000 users in a global environment, but highly distributed thousands of locations. And that's, uh, and that's something that we do just extremely well. So I don't know, I don't think there's, healthcare has been another one, but if you really look at the specific vertical, it's more about the topology of the deployment that, that resonates.
0: Well, excellent. I think that, you know, hopefully our partners will walk away with, hey, if I see hospitality, if I see retail, if, if I see, you know, the, kind of this shared office space that doesn't need collaboration or is interested in teams collaborate, this is a no brainer, right? And and I think the business we've seen phone that. service.
1: Think of it this way business phone service. You know, every partner out there when we're thinking about delivering voice, and, and you know, there's a lot of people who delivered PRIs for years, there's a lot of people who delivered other types of connectivity options, et cetera. But at the end of the at the end of the day, UCAS is business phone service with some collaboration tools in a hosted environment, et cetera. But if you need the core business service, we're it. Hands down.
0: All right. Another thing that I've teased about is every supplier says they have great service. We've got the best service around. Just talk to me a little bit because I know that you guys actually put a lot behind this. Talk to me a little bit about why there are actual service differentiators for you guys.
1: Sure, before I do that, it's worth noting UMA business makes up two kind of components. And, And so one is the UMA office, which is what I was alluding to in the very beginning when we went into the business market. And because of the way we've architected that solution, it's a very closed environment. That means um, you're going to get the phones from us and they're going to be pre-vetted and pre-loaded so they can be as plug-and-play as as possible, which also means that the person on the other side of that doesn't have to be technical and can make this work very easily um, if we ship them up. So we have partners that go out and actually deploy them themselves. But that also means that because it's a very controlled environment, the level of support that we're able to provide is greater because there's less things that are going wrong. There's less variables within the environment. Uma Enterprise is more of an open open source environment, if you will. Think of it this way, Uma Office, it's iOS, okay? It's Apple, it's locked down, there's more, you know, there's a lot of great user experience and it's really easy, but it's a little bit more confined. Android is Uma Enterprise. Open source, a lot of things you can do with it. In, 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 in the Uma Office, Because it's so simple, the support is awesome. Enterprise, you need to have a higher level of of support pedigree, if you will, when you're walking through enterprise-type clients. And so we'd have dedicated customer success heroes that are knowledgeable. We're um, we're providing more dedicated project management. But again, I'm going to say this, Rich, these are experience based differentiators. I could say we're white-glove, we are. I could say that we will do a a high-touch Uh, uh, project management, we will, but they are experience-based. So the only thing I can do is share some stories. And and at the end of the day, here's what partners need to understand. We're going to try to do our best to have your back in all cases. We're not infallible. We're not a perfect company. We're human human driven, Um, but we will be transparent. We'll be open about our issues and what is going on. And if we do have an issue, we're going to try to work with the client as quickly as possible to rectify any of these issues. But more important, we're also going to work with our partners. I'm going to use a case example. We recently did have an issue, and I proactively reached out to the partner and said the issue we've identified could material have it could have a material impact to a client that was just hadn't even been live with this yet. It could have an impact to them, and so I know that the the issue that that, that showed up or or surfaced um, was something that we felt they should be aware of to make their decision whether to move forward or not. So we had that conversation with the partner. Partner said, "You know what? I might have to look at somebody else." I get it, absolutely. Last thing we want is somebody unhappy with us because it, it hurts us worse down the road, right? Um, and then we had we had a conversations with the client, and we agreed collectively to move forward. And we've got a close eye on some of the things that that we that we've looked at, and we actually have our engineers working to find solutions right now. And I think by the end of this week, by the end of Friday, and this just happened a couple weeks ago, I think. By the end of this week, knock on wood, all of those issues should be resolved.
0: And I, I would just add, I was aware of this issue and candidly, the, the candor with which you guys approached this, the openness, you've earned a partner for life in this agent you've you've made the customer happy and you've earned their trust because of the way that you engaged with them as a partner and, and the way that you guys just kind of said, Look, it's bigger than this one customer, we're, we're looking at the agent and making them successful. Uh, and it, it's a great story to tell.
1: You know, we try to right and we're not through the woods yet. I mean, I want to I don't want to act like I don't you know, if they're, if they're watching this, I don't want them to think I'm just saying, Hey, we're good. we're going to continue to work, right? Um, What I want partners to understand though, is recognizing that if I lose a client from a direct selling perspective, I lose that one client and the impact is somewhat minimal. I want them to understand that we recognize if a partner was to lose a client based upon our performance, they may lose that revenue for the voice piece, but what if that client had other revenue with that partner? We can have a material impact to their overall business. Some of the partners that we work with only have 30, 40 clients. So it's a significant loss if we have an effect on that.
0: Well, excellent. Look, as we wrap up, um, what is the one thing that you want our partners to walk away from as they watch this today?
1: I want them to leave knowing that UMA is in the channel. We're staying in the channel. Um, We're a publicly traded company, we're financially sound. We have a very good team that is growing Um, I'm not, uh, we're not going to try to be a flash in the pan. I'm not going to try to go crazy in certain things. I'm going to try to stay very focused or we're going to stay very focused on our core tenants so that we deliver a solid service, Um, but we will have staying power and we want to grow with you Um, and really at the end of the day, know that we're going to try to be as easy to work with as possible and, and support you in every way we can.
0: And and so far, you guys have done that. Really, really appreciate it. I appreciate your time today. That's all that we have uh, time-wise for this segment of Hidden Gems. I want to thank my special guest, David Beagle, for his thoughts and candor in our discussion. Everybody have a great week.